Hello, hello. Good morning, Grace Summit. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We have entered into his courts and we're giving him some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are thankful today for this wonderful church, for our wonderful congregation, for our wonderful families, for our wonderful people who are ushering other people in. We are thankful for um, the ministry that God has set in our church to heal our community, y'all. So I just want to open us with a word of prayer and of thanksgiving today to let God know that he is numero uno in our lives, that he sits on the throne in our lives as well as in heaven. And so we're going to enter into his courts right now with prayer and thanksgiving. So if you would, please close your eyes with me. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for health and strength and being in our right minds. Lord, we thank you for this day and age where we can worship you openly without being punished. Father God, we glorify you for the work that you've done. We thank you for leaving your word for us to be able to study and know your ways so that when the enemy shows up, we can give him the hand and say, not today. It's God's way. So with all hearts and minds unified in praising the Lord today, we glorify you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you for all things, in all things, and through all things. And we glorify your unmatched name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. God's good, amen. He's a good God, amen. Amen. Start off this morning. We're going to bring up the tempo and party a little. Because he's good, amen. Amen. Let's bring in praise. Let's sing this. I thank God. Let's sing this. Wandering into the night in Jesus' name. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. And just when I let sing this out, just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. He picked me up, turned me around, and placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart, changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. He's a good God. Amen. Let's sing this out. I cannot deny. I cannot deny what I've seen. I've no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind For stand so long So so long to my old friends Burden and bitterness 
you can just keep them moving You ain't welcome here from now till I From now till I walk streets of gold I'll sing of how you saved my soul This wayward child has found its way back home Picked me up, turned me around You placed my feet on the solid ground I thank the Master, I thank the Savior Cause you healed my heart You changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same I thank the Master, I thank the Savior I thank God Cause you picked me up, turned me around You placed my feet on the solid ground I thank the Master, I thank the Savior Cause you healed my heart, you changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same I thank the Master, I thank the Savior I thank God He's good, amen? Let's sing this one more time in Jesus' name because he's picked us up and turned our whole lives around through his blood in Jesus' name. You picked me up, turned me around, and placed my feet on the solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart, changed my name forever. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Amen. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day today. We thank you for your goodness, for transforming our lives, for turning them around, and for the thousand hallelujahs we can sing to you. Who else would rocks cry out in worship? Whose glory taught the stars to shine? Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing. But this joy is mine. With a thousand hearts. We magnify your name You alone deserve the glory The honor and the praise Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs A thousand more would die for our redemption whose resurrection means all rise there isn't time enough to sing of all you've done 
But I have eternity to try With a thousand hallelujahs We magnify your name You alone deserve the glory The honor and the praise Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs doth thou sing more. We thank you, God. You're worthy of it all. We won't let the rocks cry out. Praise to the Lord. Praise to the Lord. To the King of heaven, praise for he rose. Now he reigns. We will sing forever. Praise to the Lord. Yes, we will. To the Lamb. To the King of song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs a thousand praise to the Lord to the Lamb to the King of heaven praise for heroes yes he did song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs a thousand with a thousand hallelujahs we magnify your name you alone deserve the glory the honor and the praise and Jesus this song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs a thousand more and a thousand more hallelujah glory to God glory to God I want to um 
our, our, our usual right here lately, we've been taking, uh, receiving offering, but uh, if we can get me some background music. Father, we just lift our hands and we thank you right now. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your healing power at work in our lives and our bodies. Uh, right now, if uh, you need healing in your body, um, and especially in your eyes, in your eyes, I don't know if it's a glaucoma, cataracts, nearsightedness, farsightedness, uh, floaters, um, retinal issues. But if you need prayer for your eyes, just come on up right here real quick. Amen. And uh, that is me. Sorry about that. Amen. If you need prayer for your eyes, just come up. Or if you need prayer for anything. And again, this is just a, a break in our, our... Who in here knows the normal's good? But it's okay to do a break. Amen. In fact, uh, who remembers what Jesus never said? Blessed are the flexible, for they shall bend and not be broken. Amen. And Jesus never said it, but we have to be flexible. Amen. I didn't know you was here. Glory to God. Father, we just lift our hands and we thank you right now. We thank you, Father, right now for your healing power to be made manifest, to be at work. We thank you, Father, that you give us promises that said these signs follow them that believe. And Father, we believe. We believe not only in the blood of Jesus, not only in the body of the Lord. We believe, Father, that in the laying on of hands, that he healing is transferred to people. That healing is made manifest in people's lives. So, Father, we just lay hands on these. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for healing in their eyes, healing in their bodies. That their eyes see. That, that Father, you said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't Amen. see that he's good if you have bad eyes. Father, we thank you that you said the seeing eye and the hearing ear, you have made them both. So Father, whatever you have made, thank you, Father, that you can repair, that you fix, you repair, you restore, you renew. We take authority over every uh, pressure issue. We take authority in Jesus' name over every glaucoma issue, uh, retinal issue. We thank you, Father, that our our, our, our just like Moses, our eye is not dim, Amen. nor our strength abated or lessened, that Father, our eyes see, that these eyes see. Again, the seeing eye, the hearing ear, you have made them both. We command in Jesus' name, healing to flow into these eyes, flow into these bodies. We thank you, Father, right now for every floater that has ever bothered anybody to be vanquished and to be erased in Jesus' name. We believe you, Father, for healing power in Jesus' name for every vision, for every person with vision, for every eye right now. Father, you said that eye may see and ear may hear. So, Father, we thank you that with the seeing eye, we see in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that with seeing eyes, we see. We lift our hands right now, Father, and we thank you. Lift your hands. Amen. We thank you, Father, for healing in our eyes. We thank you, Father, for healing in our bodies. We thank you, Father, that you are our healer. Say that out loud. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. Right now, Father, we thank you that you heal our bodies totally. Totally, we walk in total healing. Healing in our eyes, healing in our bodies, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. You know, uh, you have to believe something. So years ago, me and Lisa was visiting my mom and my stepdad. My stepdad was Baptist. God bless the Baptist, but he didn't believe in me. He, he, didn't, he wasn't raised on healing. And he had hurt his back. And right before we were about to leave, Lisa looked at me. She said, won't we pray for Roy? And so I said, okay. And, and so he didn't believe anything. 
He'd never, he'd never experienced anything. So we just prayed a simple prayer and uh, right before we get in the car, and I say right before we left, I mean, we prayed and we got in the car and left. Because again, we're, we're Southern people and we don't leave quick. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we leave and talk by the car and then get in the car and walk them out to the mailbox. And so we, we got and we left. My stepdad called me about 30 minutes later on the phone, which I hated because that was roaming. So that phone call cost me probably $27. But anyway, he called me. He said, Chris, can I tell you something? I said, why not? And I called him Papa Roy by this time because of my kids. And I said, what is a Papa Roy? He goes, you know, my back's better. He said, he goes, I didn't say that. He said, but when you laid hands on me, he says, I felt something. He said, but my back's better. He goes, my back's got fine now. And I, it was almost like he was I, talking faster than he could words. I, I mean, it's better. Chris, he didn't call me Pastor Chris. He's Chris. He goes, it's better. It's better. I mean, I, I'm a, and thank God it started something in them. Amen. And my stepdad started going to a, a good spirit-filled Baptist church. Amen. And I mean, it just had a revival in their life. So you got to believe something. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So who in here knows we just need to believe the right thing? And that is that Jesus is healing in our bodies and healing in our eyes. So again, and that's been my revelation all week. I've been thinking about that verse all week. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, I can't see the Lord is good if I can't see. So therefore, that's a promise to receive healing for any eye issue. Because if he said for me to taste and see, I have to see. And again, the seeing eye and the hearing, hearing ear, he made them both. And if he made it, he can fix it. Amen. 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 That's just a repair. That ain't even a making thing. Amen. Who in here knows Henry? So Henry works on mechanics, but you don't make lifts. You repair lifts. What's easier, repairing or making? Repairing is usually much easier. Unless it's really messed up and then we just buy a new one. Can I have an amen? Okay. <laughs> so I knew, I knew that's what he was about to say. There's sometimes you just need to throw it away. Well, who in here knows that if we need to throw it away or he needs to do it, he can get rid of it and fix it and do that too. Amen. Who's ever heard the story of the guy who, uh, I saw the picture of the guy. He went to bed one night, he had an artificial elbow and it was um, messed up and caused an infection. And he just prayed one night. He said, God, he said, whatever you got to do, heal my elbow. And he woke up the next morning and the artificial elbow was on the nightstand and he was perfectly healed. And so he took a picture, he's got a picture and I've seen the picture of that elbow sitting on the nightstand. And I know some people say, well, that ain't real, that didn't happen. Well, it ain't gonna happen to you, can I have an amen? (laughs) But it happened to him and all things are possible to him who believes, can I have an amen? So turn and look at somebody and say, I can see. see. Let's look at them and say, I taste and see see. that the Lord is good. good. Amen. Give each other a good hug and turn around and give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Amen. Well, those are my glasses. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. If you got your Bibles, as we get ready to get an uh, offering, and uh, if you need an offering envelope, they're behind you. And if you're a first, a second, or a third time guest, if you will take a connection card, they're right in front of you. And um, in, in there, if you would get one and fill it out, we would just so appreciate that. Also, if you're a first, second, third time guest, immediately after service, if you would meet me right outside those doors, we'll mention this again, um, right outside those doors, on the left is a table. We call that our info table. And uh, I'd love to meet you and give you a gift. And we just bless you and thank you for being with us. If you are online, thank God for, everybody say thank God for online. Okay, that was weak. Everybody say thank God for online. 
Come on, say it like you're a UGA fan and you know that you just beat the Gamecocks. Can I have an amen? Glory to God. Okay, we got to work on y'all today. That's all I'm saying, okay? Or uh, either y'all are not UGA fans. And, um, and I found out yesterday that Jackson's team is UGA. That's not my team. That's not his auntie's team who went there. That's his team. And when you're arguing with a four-year-old, who knows the best thing to do? Shut up. Can I have an amen? Just be quiet. Just leave it alone. Just let him win. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want to read a couple verses we get ready to give. Uh, this is verse 6. It says, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudging or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And that word cheerful there means joyful, a happy person, a joyful person who's happy to give. Who in here knows a disgruntled giver is never fun to be around? Amen? Who's ever gotten a disgruntled gift? We went to uh, Church of God in High Point, North Carolina when I was little. And in that age group, we uh, drew names for Christmas presents in our Sunday school class. So I forgot what I got. So I took a gift. I actually took a, some kind of Barbie doll. Well, whatever reason, they gave me the Barbie doll back. I didn't want a Barbie doll. Can I have an amen? That was a disgruntled gift. My sister, on the other hand, we, I have laughed about this for years. She goes to her class, and it was wrapped beautifully. And she opened it up, and it was a kid's Jergens lotion gift set. So it had a little Jergens lotion and a little Jergens, you know, so it had like a lotion and some spray and, you know, some kind of soap. All of it half used and stuck back in the packaging and rewrapped. Now, I don't know about y'all, that is a sparingly begrudging gift. Can I have an amen? Because, I mean, we're talking for a kid. I mean, this is back 1972, probably 71. So how much could that Jergens thing cost? Dollar, two dollars. So who in here knows that's not a good gift? But when you are cheerful, it says that God is able to make all grace abound to you, all grace, so that you have all sufficiency, all things may have abundance for, and you could, instead of saying every good work, I like just using all good works. And the reason being is because I have all grace and all sufficiency in all things, so that means I can abound to all good works. Everybody say all. Who in here knows God doesn't ever leave us shortchanged or ever leave us shorted out. So as we get ready to give and however you need to give, I'm gonna hold on to my phone and pray over it because we usually give through Cash App. And um, I'd encourage you when you pray over your giving, pray on, the, pray on the what you expect to get, not what you need. I heard a minister say the other day, I thought it was profound. He made the comment, he said, I never asked God to meet any need I ever have. He said, I haven't done that in 20 years. He says, I, I just let God know what my wants are. Now think about that. He said, because Philippians says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches glory. He said, why waste my time on something he's already promised he'd do? He said, but he says, I am the, you know, I am the good shepherd you do not want. He said, so he goes, why not just tell him what you want? He says, he already told me he's going to meet all my needs. He said, I don't have to worry about that. So I just encourage you, let's just look to him to be the author, the finisher, the full supplier. Because who in here knows that God is our only source. And without God, we can't make it. So hold your offering in your hand. 
Father, we just speak over our offering. We thank you, Father, right now for the opportunity to sow into the kingdom, to sow in, in obedience, Father. Thank you, Father, that you meet every need of every individual here. That, Father, your promises are yes and amen. Father, for everyone here who, who gives in this offering, Father, who, who gives whenever they see this online, whatever. Father, we ask you right now that you would take their seed because, Father, we know that uh, you multiply our seed, that you cause harvest from our seed. Everything in life is based on seed. So, Father, we plant this seed into the kingdom. Believing, Father, for you to get increased. Increase in souls, increase in ministry, increase in lives changed. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that every need will be met. Spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, for everyone in this church. That, Father, we operate under the covenant of all grace and all sufficiency in all things for all good works that you would give us to do. And Father, for our church, we just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that you bring in more than $15,000 every week, that you meet every need that we have. And Father, we just say by faith and thank you that you've paid off our building, and it's totally debt-free in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that every bill we have is met in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. amen. If you need to give and give in the offering basket, you can walk your offering up. And let's just continue worshiping for a few moments. You are the truest friend Staying through the night when I was at my end Comforting my heart till it was light again Oh, this is a faithful kind of love, yes, it is steadfast, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me, wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on His shoulders. Let's sing, you are the final, you are the final word. You alone decide when every page will turn. So I will trust your timing, I will rest secure. Oh, this is a steady kind of love. Oh, shoulders yes it is Lord everlasting Father Prince of Peace Emmanuel God with us you're here with me wonderful counselor the government is resting on your shoulders Yeah. 
I wish that song could continue going on for a little while longer. Get, put your hands up with me, if you will. Come on, give me some. David, you got that background thing working great, you and Kim. Father, we lift our hands. We thank you. Come on, lift your voice up. Father, we thank you. We thank you right now. We just give you glory and honor. Come on, lift your voice up. Let, let, it, let, it, let, it, let me not be the only one. Father, let there be a, a rumble in the house. Father, we give you glory and honor. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Glory to God. We just thank you, Father, that you are good in our life, that you are good, that yet while undeserving, you gave us life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. We were driving to church this morning. We had Jackson with us, and somehow, I don't know, me or Lisa one, Pastor, said something about uh, Jesus. Well, did, he said something about his heart. And somehow Jackson had in his mind that when Jesus comes, he was going to take his heart. And he said, I don't want Jesus to take my heart. And Pastor Lisa's like, well, no, Jackson, he, he comes to live in your heart. Well, he wasn't happy about that either at the moment because <laughs> uh, he was just not happy at the moment. But finally, we, we got the subject changed. Who in here knows the greatest thing ever to happen to any of us is to be born again and the new birth and to have Jesus in us. So give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I, um, I've got different notes today, so it's going to be a little mentally, for me at least, a little bit different. So uh, bear with me if I 
stammer a little bit. First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians is a funny book. Now we're, we're, we're talking about the same thing, developing our full potential in who we are in God. But I want to look at something about the Corinthians. Who's ever read the book of Corinthians? Say amen. So who knows this about the Corinthian people? They was messed up. That's all there is to it. Them, them Corinthians was a messed up people. Uh, the church at Corinth actually had a phrase. In fact, the, 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 the Greek god um, Aphrodite, or uh, what was her other name? Uh, in the, in the, there's a Greek and the Roman. I want to say it's Venus. But anyway, it was the, the love goddess. And there were uh, sexual prostitution was, was huge in Corinth. And the word, if, if, you, if something was ever said to have been Corinthianized, that means it had been turned from being honorable into prostitution. So this is a wicked town, similar to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm just teasing, can I have an amen? Okay, um, to, to 285, maybe 285 on Atlanta, Georgia. And so um, the Corinthian church had been uh, birthed, uh, had, had grown, and uh, had done great things and was a very active church and a very and a fluid church. In, act, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, if you read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you'll find that Paul, number one, dictates very firstly and foremostly that Christ is the head of the church, is that Jesus Christ has sent him and that he is an apostle of Christ and that he wants to speak some things to this body. If you join with me, if you will, in verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to, to nothing the things that are, so that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, Amen. who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And everybody say amen. amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, for the next few minutes, I ask you to uh, give me wisdom and knowledge. Give everybody's, let everybody's eyes see and our ears hear what you would say to us today so that we may develop into exactly who you have called us to be, not in ourselves, but in Christ. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for the liberty of the Spirit and that in Jesus' name, every hindrance is bound. In Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. amen. Again, so, so again, 1 Corinthians, so, so he's, he's praying this. So he talks about this to these people. He makes that first comment. He says, seeing that you are, uh, you are calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, many mighty, many noble are called. So he's trying to remind them that just because the world does not recognize you, and they never do, can I have an amen? Satan never recognizes you. Ungodly people never recognize you. That that does not prove anything. What proves everything is that Jesus has chosen you and put his mark upon you. That is a calling card. Now this Corinthian church was messed up. Did I say that? These are the stuff. This is the stuff they were messed up with. Just real quick. They had problems with sectarianism. They were arguing over whose apostle they were. Some were saying, I'm part of Paul. Some were saying, I'm part of Apollos. 
Now here's what's funny. Out of most immature people, you get some spiritual minded people too. And some of them were saying, well, I'm of Christ. Boy, don't that sound spiritual? I mean, you got these people, I'm part of Paul, I'm Apollos, Jesus. Well, that, you just look good, can I have an amen? You're still being sectarian. So they're dealing with sectarianism. I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Presbyterian. You know, I, I've actually had people tell me that I do not act Pentecostal. I asked him one time, this one guy said, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, dog, man, you ain't judgmental at all. He says, you know, he says, what I grew up in, he says, man, he goes, you'd be judging me. I said, man, I ain't got a right to judge you. I said, I'm not your judge. I said, I'm not the one gonna send you to hell for doing what you're doing. I said, you're probably gonna go to hell for doing what you're doing. Can I have an amen? I did say that. I said, but I'm not the one gonna be sending you. I said, if you know it's wrong, you need to repent. I said, but I'm not your judge. But thank God for the Baptist. Thank God for the Methodist. Thank God for them all. Can I have an amen? The Bible, you know, and who in here knows none of us see all perfectly? We all see a different part. In fact, if I had a car sitting right here and it was damaged on one side, but one side not damaged, and it's damaged on the side I see and not the side you see, you would go out and tell everybody it's the perfect car. I would go out and tell people that it's got some issues. And both are right depending upon what perspective you have. And if you get all the perspectives together, you got the full image of that car. And when you get all the body of Christ together, you got the full image. So don't ever think somebody else is lesser than you or better than you or you're better than anybody else. It takes all of the body of Christ and everybody say amen. amen. So sectarianism. They had problems with sexual immorality. They had a guy in that church sleeping, having relationships, with his dad's wife. So that'd be called stepmama. That just sounds like you're from Alabama. Can I have an amen? I mean, or something. I'm just teasing. I just said it because of you. Amen. That, that ain't right. Just because you're from Alabama. I saw amen. Okay, okay. I still loved it. I still loved it that Sunday your dad was here. Karen's dad's a minister. He was sitting right there. And I said, many people don't know this, but Karen's dad has done many years many, many years of missions work in third world countries. <laughs> he just looked at me. I said, he's been a faithful minister of the gospel for probably 30 years in a third world country. <laughs> I said, Alabama. I said, many <laughs> He looked at me he looked like, his, his, his look of bewilderment turned to, you ain't right, it came in. So there was six, Paul had to deal with this. Not only that, they were having problems with marriage and divorce. Of when you should and when you shouldn't. They were having arguments about that. Not only that, they were then arguing too about foods offered to idols. So see, we don't deal with that much in, this world, in, in our generation, but they had um, different temples. So the way you went to the meat market is you would go to the temple of the dog and whatever they were offering to and sacrificing to, the bulls and the calves that they would sacrifice to, which basically would barbecue, you could go buy meat. And so that meat had been sacrificed to a demonic spirit or a false god, and Paul's having to deal with that. And it would kind of shock you how he tells them how to deal with it. But he had to deal with that. Then not only that, he had to deal with the Lord's Supper. Wouldn't you think when you take the Lord's Supper, you'd have some, some sense about you? No, they had people coming and they were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. 
which evidently meant that wine was fermented. They'd argue about that. Paul even had to give correction about that. And I actually had to tell him, he says, if you don't judge yourself in this, this is some of the reasons why y'all die early. That, that's kind of a thing. Then he had to get them straight down on spiritual gifts. Of all the things, man, they love talking in tongues. They talked in tongues so much that it just brought confusion. And Paul had to straighten that out. And lastly, the resurrection of the body. They had people arguing about whether or not the body's gonna be resurrected. And you know what? You can find people today who argue about that. They'll argue about whether or not there's gonna be a physical a resurrection of your body. Paul, so who in here could say, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, I hadn't even, that's seven things. Those are seven things, and you would think this is a pretty messed up church. I mean, that's sexual immorality thing right there. And they weren't even, they weren't even, they, they, they weren't saying anything about it. They were putting up with that one. You'd think at least just the sectarianism, somebody would say, listen guys, we're on the same team. Yeah. Nobody was doing that. It was getting bad. In fact, it got so bad, Paul had to send Timothy there because he couldn't come at the moment and had tell him, y'all bear with him and receive him because he wants to help straighten some of this stuff out. I want to read how Paul addresses this church to begin with. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I thank my God concerning you for the grace which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called and into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, that don't sound like that church at all. Would you agree? He says that they have the testimony of Christ confirmed in them and they're putting up with sexual immorality. He says they have the testimony of Christ confirmed in them and they're arguing about the resurrection. They're arguing about spiritual gifts. They're doing certain things that are not right about marriage and divorce. Yet he says again, what did he say? He says the testimony of Christ has been confirmed in you. That you come short in no gift. How could he say that about these people who were so messed up? Eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about y'all. It sounds like they're arguing about a bunch of stuff instead of eagerly waiting for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Does it not? Amen? Amen. He then goes on waiting for the revelation who will confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blameless? Lord, what about that guy with his stepmama? That guy's a part of the church right there. And yet Paul, in that great little, uh, six verses, he gives a great picture of how Jesus sees that church and how Jesus has dealt with that church. Not how that church is, but how that church is seen by Christ. Christ always sees you better than you do and always sees you finished when you just start. Jesus always sees you blessed when you can't see it. 
Jesus always sees the end from the beginning. And he always proclaims that about you. You know, you always have to ask that question about children. They ask that thing about DNA. Is it nurture or is it nature? Is it DNA or is it the way you're raised? I've always believed it's a little of both. You know, because sometimes you can see kids and they got their daddy's hair or hairline or nose. But you also got to speak into kids. I remember years ago, I read a study about they had taken all these uh, special needs kids, learning disabled kids. All these kids here now, you know, not physical or mental, but they had been classified as slow learners. And then they had all these good kids, exceptional learners. And they swapped the teachers and never told the teachers. So you had the exceptional teacher teaching the, quote, you know, slower kids. But they had been told, the teacher had been told, these are exceptional kids. And you had the exceptional kids being taught by the teacher who taught, if you will, the average kids. And they told her these were average kids. And would you believe what? These kids did better, those kids did worse. Why? Because that teacher dictated an atmosphere over those kids. As a parent, you dictate atmosphere over kids. As a pastor, I get to dictate atmosphere over a church. In life, we dictate atmosphere. And what's Paul doing? He's dictating atmosphere. He's calling them to come up. He's never speaking where you are. God never speaks to you where you are. He always speaks to you where you should be. You have been seated with him in heavenly places. But you know, the bad thing is, is we don't talk that way. Let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to read a good bit here, so pay attention. Hang on, I'll try to spruce it up, because sometimes when you read long passages, everybody gets bored. Can I have an amen? Well, thank God I didn't get an amen, so I'm going to read even more. Okay. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now see, that's, that's, that's the key point right there. When you talk the things of God, it is a mystery to those who don't understand it. And they will never get it. They will never understand why you say some of the stuff you do. They will never, ever put the pieces together. It never makes sense to them. I don't know how you could talk about how, how good a time you're having. I, I use this just to throw this out. Who in here knows that our country does have issues when it comes to race? But if all you ever talk about how bad it is, that's all you're going to ever have. But if you, on the other side, talk about the grace of God being upon your life and how the goodness of God has been shown to you, I tell you what, your perspective will be a whole, a whole you know, it's funny, like talk, everybody say profiling. Every time I go to an airport, every time I'm pulled out of line, do I look that much like a terrorist? In fact, months right after 9-11, me and 10 other guys were pulled out by Delta at the gate. And they were making a big push about how we do discreet pat-downs, discreet nothing. They, pulled, they put two six-foot tables, 
I had to put my carry-on luggage, which that's all I had. They laid it out. They rifled through it in front of everybody. Underwear, T-shirts. Thank God didn't have stainy underwear. Can I have an amen? Thank God. I mean, going through everything. I have to take my belt off. I had a suit on. Uh, and I was standing there, my pants, the suit was, fit, was a little big, I was a lot thinner then, can I have an amen in Jesus' name, we're going there again. And so anyway, I'm standing there, I mean, this guy, this guy, again, and I'm a chaplain, I've watched people get frisked, I am deeply frisked. Does everybody understand where I'm going with this? And the kids back there, in front of everybody, there's probably 200 people at this gate. And I could sit there and get mad about it. I'm t- I mean, every, the last time I flew, I made a joke. Somebody made a comment about something. They, they actually did. This guy looked at me. He did stuff. He goes, oh, you have been randomly selected for a fingerprint scan to make sure I don't have gunpowder residue. I said, okay. I ain't been shooting this morning. Praise God. I'm good. I said, happens every time. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. It's just random. I'm telling you almost every time I fly. Now, one time it was my fault because I was big into the, the flat blade, I don't know what you call it, safety blade, you know, the old school Gillette, you know, the, the flat, and I sometimes shave with those. So I was flying and I had some of those in my carry-on. Uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh, that's right. So the guy looked at me, he said, you can't fly with these. I said, throw them away. I'll buy some more. Well, because of that, then I, on the flight back home, they pulled me again. And they actually asked me, do you have razor blades on you? I said, no. I checked my luggage. Oh, okay. Every time. I could sit there and get aggravated. One day I was working and doing a police thing with the Henry County Police and I met this guy who was a Brookhaven police officer whose parents are from Pakistan. And he had a full beard. Let me just say right now, he looked like he was the one building the bomb. Can I have an amen? (laughs) And he made jokes about it. He said, brother, he said, you think you got it bad? Look at me. He said, every time I fly, he goes, every time I go, he says, I can make sure I have badges and, and police shirts. He goes, I have hats. He goes, I, and I, I've done the same thing. But now see, if all I ever talk about is how bad it is, I'm going to have a disgruntled attitude with everybody who's working. And to be honest, the night that I'm being patted down, frisked, very, I mean, thorough, in front of 200 people, that young kid doing it, I could tell it bothered him. He, said, he kept going, sir, I'm so sorry. I said, buddy, it's fine. I said, you do your job. I said, I'm okay. I said, as long as I get on that plane and get to LA, I'll be happy. Don't you worry about it. He said, sir, he kept doing it. He said, sir, I'm so sorry. Why get upset? Why become sectarian? Why not focus on the, the promise of God that God has given me that I am blessed? And thank God I got an opportunity. Now, now who in here knows not everybody getting frisked was happy. See, so when you operate in love, and you operate in the graciousness of God, it changes all that atmosphere. Now, is it fair to be treated that way? No. But I gotta be honest, I don't care. Because I'm gonna be Jesus and happy wherever I go. Why get all upset? Well, it just ain't right. It just ain't right. That's just wrong. I agree. But who in here, I've never found a verse that says life is fair. And I've never found a verse where it says it should be. It's just the way it is. Some people are idiots. Can I have an amen? And when you realize that all people are stupid to a certain level, in counting you too, you'll have grace for other people. Now, my wife used to tell me, quit saying that, because I'd say everybody's stupid to some level. 
I said, just turn to your neighbor. This is when I travel. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you're stupid sometimes. Stop saying that. You can't tell people there. But who in here has ever done something stupid? Say amen. amen. Well, when you realize that you can be stupid, you'll be gracious to somebody else who's stupid. Amen. Because they're just having a moment. Paul here is saying that we speak wisdom. It is a mystery, which none of the rulers, this is verse eight, of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But I used this verse last week. But as it is written, now this is Isaiah 64, four and five. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard. Now let's stop for a minute, because we're gonna break this down. Anything that you can see and hear is what I'm gonna call perception knowledge. That's just what you see and hear. Who's ever met those people? If I can't see it, I can't feel it. I don't believe it. Well, you're a liar because you believe in air and you can't see and feel it. Can I have an amen? I believe in helium. I have never seen nor felt helium, but I have experienced the joys of helium Speaking, can I have an amen? When I suck it all in and I've got that little great voice, amen. Love doing that. I did it one time so much as a teenager, I got so lightheaded, I was like, I gotta stop this, this ain't right. This is stupid. I mean, we were just having fun. Then it says here, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man. Now heart there, that word from the Greek, implies the fullness of you. So that is your mind, your will. Your, so one is perception, but one is what I'm gonna call conceptual. You're thinking it through. You're understanding it. You, you, you figured out if A equals this and B equals that, then C's gotta equal this. But then it says on that last part, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now the word love there goes down to the spirit of man. And that last type of knowledge is revelation knowledge or spiritual knowledge. And that is the highest form you will ever walk in. That is the greatest level you'll ever walk in. And if you will, those are the three levels and that's the way they grow. Now Jackson's four. We've just had a great time camping with Jackson for three days. Three long days, can I have an amen? Did you say long or did I add that? I'll add it, I'm just, and I'm, you know, and it's rained and I mean, but we've had a great time. But you know, everything for him is eye and ears. He hadn't quite put all that together. He hasn't got concepts yet. And then, but then who in here knows when you get a spiritual revelation, no matter what age you are, it changes your life. And I was thinking driving this morning, I got saved when I was Jackson's age. That amazes me to think that. But I knew at four when that preacher preached on hell at the High Point North, uh, High Point North Carolina Church of God Church without air conditioning <laughs> in the summertime and that if any place could be hotter than that church was on a Sunday night, I didn't want to be there that night. And I definitely didn't want to be in a place hotter than that could be. Can I have an amen? So I made up my mind, I'm going to get saved. And I truly got saved. Something truly happened. A spiritual truth. Now, I can tell people that and they don't believe it. But that's what Paul was telling these Corinthian people, that some things that you say and do and who you are makes no sense. Because what did he say a moment ago? Let's just... Flip back there. He said, some of you are according to the flesh. You're not mighty. You're not noble. I mean, you, you, don't, really, you, you don't really look like the, the picture of, of success or godliness, but you're still called. And when you talk about the things that God has done in your life, it makes no sense to people. When you take, talk about the things that you expect God to do in your life, it can make no sense to people. 
I still think this is amazing. Who's ever heard of Joyce Meyer? And thank God for Joyce Meyer. Man, Joyce Meyer's ministered to my mama. My mama loved Joyce Meyer. And I still remember hearing a testimony. You didn't hear this testimony much, but I heard it. And she would go around and tell people that God is going to give me an international tape teaching ministry. So this is back in the 70s and 80s when cassette tapes were big. That's all her vision ever was. International cassette tape teaching ministry. And her heart was to do services and just send these tapes all over the world. Well, I think she's kind of eclipsed that. Can I have an amen and thank God for it? But you know what she used to do? She used to sit in the back of her car and smoke a cigarette in between services. (laughs) And still confessing people, telling people she's delivered, she's set free. Well, I don't know how you could say that. I don't know how you could even mention something like that. Isn't it amazing that Paul, talking to this church, which again, sectarianism, sexual immorality, problem with the gifts, problem with marriage, problem with divorce, all these problems, how did Paul talk about this church? That God has given you grace, which is given to you by Christ, that you're enriched in everything by him and all utterance and knowledge. In fact, I'll be honest, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, that'd be a good prayer you ought to pray over yourself. I thank you, Father, that concerning the grace of God given to me by Jesus Christ, that I am enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge, and that the testimony of Christ is confirmed in me so that I come short in no gift because I eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who also is confirming to the end that I may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus because you are faithful, God, by whom you are called, because by whom I have been called and the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's a great, great prayer you ought to pray over your life every day. Amen. Good prayer right there. Well, I just don't know what we're going to do. Hey, wait a minute. It says here I have a, I come short in no gift. Well, that's what you ought to tell your kids. You come short in no gift. Suck it up. I don't know how we're going to do that. You, got, you come short in no gift. Can I have an amen? So let's look here again as we wrap up. Let's see what time it is. Oh my gosh, it's 12. But it says here, okay, let's go back to verse nine. I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit of God, for the spirit teaches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit in him. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, this is another good verse, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So Paul makes this great, great comment and these next five words I cannot get out of my heart for the last week. These things we also speak. Those are the things we should be speaking about. Not all the problem in America, not all the problem with politics, not all the problem with our wives, not all the problem with our husbands, not all the problem with our kids, not all the problems with ourselves, not all the problems that we have, not anything else, but what? These things we speak, what do we speak? We speak of those things that God has revealed to us in our spirit. That ought to top most of our conversation with ourselves. What has God promised you? What has God spoken to you? Well, I don't know anything really. Well, I'll tell you what, are you saved? Thank God you're saved. I got singing last night and I sing it all the time. I still, I feel like a kid singing it. But just Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I mean, that song right there blesses me still to this day. 
And sometimes I get tired of singing it normal, so I go reggae, I go pop, I go hip hop, I go, I go Elvis, I go, you know, whatever, Dean Martin, I go whatever I can. Why? Because it is the promise of God to me and not anything else. You need to make sure, everybody say, these things I speak, then you need to watch what you speak. Paul, again, is addressing the things they speak and how they speak. Now, to have in this real quick, there's three types of people he's dealing with in this whole book. First way, it says here, but the natural man, verse 14. That natural man is an unborn again person. He then says in verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. So there's a spiritual person, that's a mature born-again Christian, somebody who can rightly divide the Word of God. But then in chapter 3, verse 1, it says here he talks to carnal people. Now, who are carnal people? Carnal people are born-again people, but they're not renewed in their mind. They are not mature. They still talk like children. Now, who in here knows what whining is? Who in here knows that me and Lisa have encountered whining for three days of off and on, every now and then? We just find you something like, oh, just, this is Jackson's new thing. <laughs> why? Why? And no matter what you say, but why? Because, what did he say something about? I said something about breathing this morning. But I don't want to breathe. I said, well, then don't breathe, Jackson. Just don't breathe. But I, but I don't want to breathe. Then don't breathe. But why? But why, Daddy? But why, Papa? Why? Then somehow we got talking about the police. We're driving, we saw somebody got pulled over. Pastor Lisa goes, oh look, police pulled just somebody over on the interstate. I said, oh yeah. I'm just trying to be happy. Just trying to get the kid out of crying, out of whining. I said, Jackson, I said, one day if you want to, I said, I'm a chaplain with the police. And I pulled out and showed him my badge. I said, I'll take you to the police department. We'll walk around and look at everything. And then we'll maybe get in a car and they'll let you turn the lights on. I don't want to. I said, well, then you don't have to. But why? I don't know why. <laughs> and we laugh about that with him, but he's four. So we have grace for him. Why? Because he's a child. But Paul's dealing with some people who are just like that, spiritually speaking. Instead of speaking of the things which we do know, these things we also speak, what are they speaking? They're speaking sectarianism. I'm Paul. I'm Apollos. I'm Democrat. I'm Republican. I said this to somebody one day. Man, they got so ticked at me. In fact, I've said it and I've had both groups ticked at me. So I'm, I feel pretty comfortable that I've ticked everybody <laughs> off, okay? But I told somebody one time, I said, listen, I said, if you're more Democrat than Jesus... I said, you ain't really Jesus. Amen. And if you're more Republican than Christian, Jesus, you ain't a good Jesus. Amen. I said, you're just a good Republican. I know of a guy in Charlotte who would tell people, he said, I want you to know I am three things. I am a Democrat, I am a Methodist, and I am a Christian in that order. And I had people who knew him real good and they said, buddy, I'm telling you right now, he was a much better Methodist than he ever was a Christian and he was a much better Democrat than he was anything else. Now, who in here knows as a Christian, those ought not be. But that is where he was a carnal Christian and not talking and walking as he should. Yeah. Now, here's something about being a spiritual person. Some teenagers are more mature than some adults, spiritually. You know why? 
because we've left certain things. That's why Paul said in first verse one, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, as the babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. Now here's a, here's a clue. For where there are envying, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So if you are a constant strifer, envier, divisions, you love holding grudges, you're not spiritual. And you will never tap into the mystery of being able to what Paul said, these things we also speak. I don't know about y'all, I want to reach the greatest depths God has given me. I wanna wait out as far as I can go. I really wanna find out how far I can go and push it a couple more feet. Can I have an amen? I want to be out there as far as I can. I, one of the first messages I ever preached as a preacher in another church was if, you know, about Peter getting out of the boat. And this was my revelation. It's better to be out of the boat with Jesus than in a safe boat without Jesus. So even though Peter messed up and started looking at the winds and the waves, at least he's out there where Jesus is. The other 11 disciples, man, they're just sitting crowding in a, I don't know about y'all, I don't want to be with a bunch of scared people. I'd rather be out there with Jesus. But mature people always focus on Jesus. Carnal people always focus on either people, other things, their life. And unborn again people you just have to have grace for because they don't even know anything. Spiritual. But these things we also speak. Look at somebody and say, I speak these things, these mysteries. And see, they are mysteries. And I promise you again, if you deal with people who are carnal or natural, they will never understand it. Amen. Now, God has been good to me. Thank God I, 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 I've been, uh, Lisa, would you agree? Lisa, would you agree? I never deal with sickness. I mean, I just never do. I have fought that my whole life. I've been fighting it since I'm 10, 11, 12 years old because I used to enjoy being sick because that's when you got sympathy. And then you can get out of school. And I love getting out of school. Can I have an amen? Whoever took the thermometer and held it under the hot water, I did that. And then I dropped the thermometer and it broke. I didn't have a story then. Can I have an amen? I didn't know what to do. I threw my boots behind the, uh, a piano one time. Told my mama I couldn't find them. Just lied right there before Jesus. I knew it was a lie. I was eight years old. I knew it was a lie. And I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Hated going to school. Hated it as a kid. Because I didn't want to have to leave my mama. I loved my mama. Man, my mama was fun. I hated school until my mom, as God is my witness, third grade, Walnut Cove Middle School, promised me, I'm sorry, elementary school, promised me with a belt wrapped around her neck, a big old leather belt, because she was beating me to go to school. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. I'm crying, she's crying. She said, so help me God, Chris. If you don't get out of this car and go inside and go to school and like it, I am going to put you in the middle of this road and run over you. And a deep-seated joy of learning entered my life. Can I have an amen? I never, as God is my witness, I ain't never, I loved school ever since that day. I thought my mom was going to kill me. I did. And she should have. Amen. I put her through hell on earth. So she should have done that. I've had people say, that was terrible. Your mom, my mom, my mom, I deserved every bit of it. She should have at least hit me once with the car. 
I was terrible. But I have fault for my healing. You let something, I, I mean, and sometimes I, I, I forget it. So in high school one time, I'm standing there and I used to deal with allergies a lot, a whole lot. And I, I do some things my doctors say, but I still pray for some things, a lot. But I'm talking to this girl named Elizabeth and my nose is running. And she looked at me and she said, and I didn't talk like this to friends. I didn't want to talk like this to friends because I knew I'd be casting pearls before swine. I'm only 16, but, but I knew they wouldn't get it. And they'd say something. She, she says, are you sick? I said, no, I'm not sick. She goes, well, your nose is running. I said, no matter what my nose is doing. I said, that don't have anything to do with whether or not I'm sick. She goes, well, in fact, she said, what about your nose running? I said, it doesn't matter that my nose is running. Well, she thought I was like in, trying to insult her. I said, I don't mean nothing against you. I said, it just, she goes, well, how do you feel? I said, it don't matter how I feel. <laughs> well, if you just don't want to tell me how you feel, just don't talk to me then. I said, Elizabeth, that ain't got nothing to do with me telling you how I feel. I said, the word of God says I'm healed. Yeah. That's the promise of God. I said, that's the eternal promise of God. I said, I don't care how I feel. I don't care. And I'm telling her way more now than I want to. How I look. I don't care what it says. The Bible says I'm healed. I'm healed because the Bible says I am. I am going to say I'm healed because the Bible says I'm healed. That's where I'm going with this. I am saved because I did what it said to do. I am healed because I did what it said to do. And that ends it. Well, fine, I just won't talk to you anymore. And looking back, I'm, I wish you hadn't talked to me to begin with. Can I have an amen? I wasn't trying to, I mean, I wasn't trying to be argumentative. But I knew she wouldn't understand that. So I am going to say this to you. If there are certain things you speak, speak them to yourself. Don't waste your time on other people with that. Now, if they ask, then teach, share, encourage. And since then, I've had opportunity with some people I went to high school with to share and teach and pray for them and thank God for it. But those things we speak as Christians, those are the things we speak of. God meets my needs. God's good to me. If God's going to be good to anybody, he's going to be good to me. Why? Because goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Can I have an amen? amen. Isn't it a whole lot easier to be a joyful Christian? to focus in on those things that he has given us, those mysteries. And again, that makes no sense to an unborn again person. Yeah. Makes no sense. I was thinking today driving here, there's a guy I knew when I did radio, a devout agnostic atheist. And I say agnostic atheist, an atheist says there is no God, agnostic says there might be, but we're not sure. But he, he kind of was fluctuating between the two, which ain't good either way. And he would make jokes at my expense sometimes because I was pastor of the church. And, um, and, and he was never mean, mean. Does that make sense? But it was just kind of a little cutting. His name was Mark. And I'd pray for Mark. And I'd tell Mark, I said, and I'd, I'd say stuff like this too. I said, well, you're going to be held accountable for the words you hear me speak. Why? Because his word will not return void. See, that's a mystery that I'm holding to. And I hadn't seen or talked to him in 20 plus years, 25 years maybe. And one night, about a year ago, I got to thinking about him. And I thought, I wonder if I can find him. And I found him on Facebook. And so I sent him a message. And he sent me a message. Man, we called, we called and talked for a little bit. And uh, great guy. I loved him. Even though he wasn't born again. I loved him. I loved his heart. And he took a job at another radio station. And this little girl, who in here knows God knows how to reach people. This little girl who was about 18, who was an intern, he said was buddy, he said just as Baptist, 
just, you know, just never done anything, never sinned, got saved at an early age. He, he kind of laughed about it. He said, kind of like you, you're what you said you were. He said, man, I want, he said, the first thing she he said, well, tell me about yourself. She goes, well, I'm a born again Christian. He goes, well, I'm a devout atheist. We're going to get along really good, aren't we? And she never, she never let it bother her. She just loved him and preached to him and preached to him. And that mystery all of a sudden one day for him opened up. And he's telling me this testimony. And man, he's crying on the phone. Thank God he's born again now, going to heaven, involved in his church, involved in missions work. Why? Because that mystery was continuously spoken to him. So what should you do? You should speak that mystery to people, that Jesus loves them, that Jesus has hope. Can I have an amen? Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name right now, we thank you, Father. That that mystery is not hidden to us. It is hidden to those who don't know you. But Father, we ask that you give us means that we may share the mystery of the gospel to people who don't know you. That their eyes can see and their ears can hear. And that the God of this world who has blinded their eyes, that his blinders would be removed. Right now, if there's anybody who would say, Pastor Chris, I'm not born again. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Or you might say, Pastor Chris, I just need to rededicate my life. I, I haven't been with, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. And you may be online. And we thank God for everybody online, all of our online family. But if you'd say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I need prayer. I want you to pray for me. That that mysterious gospel would become a mystery no more. If that's you, hold your hand up. Anybody at all, just give an opportunity. Give an opportunity. Amen. Okay. Okay. Amen. Praise God. Because we can't see everybody online, but we want to just give always the opportunity. Everybody, if you will, bow your heads with me and pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you right now, come into my life in all fullness by your spirit rejuvenate regenerate my life so that I can become a spiritual man a mature man rightly dividing the word of God and understanding the mysteries of the gospel and I receive the greatest one right now that Jesus is Lord and my king in all I do, I surrender my life. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. So now here to do this. Just, do I have that marked? I do. So if you want something, homework this week, take four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of 1 Corinthians 1. And just thank God that for this, that you come short in no gift, no gift, no gift. You come short in nothing. That's a good way to just put it there. Thank God in Christ, I come short in nothing. Can I have an amen? I mean, you ought to be the most bold people and happy people, because why, we come short in nothing. What if I ain't got enough money to pay something? Well, you need to focus on what you can do. And what you can do is come short in nothing. Thank God God's meeting that need. I've actually had people tell me, God's gonna meet that need. God's meeting that need right now. God's meeting that need right now. God is meeting that need right now. And people look around and say, oh, they're just stupid. 
I had friends who went to Bible college, told to go to Bible college. And they said they were shocked this happened. And they're standing there and have no money in line to pay for Bible college. Not a dime. But God told them, so they're standing there. And somebody just walked up. And one person actually, one girl I know, actually got to the front and said, my name's so-and-so. And I'm registered, but I don't have any money. They said, oh, we've been looking for you. Your tuition's been taken care of this year. I said, what'd you do? She goes, I just cried. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? All right, look at somebody and say, I believe God is good. He's gonna be good to you all week because he loves you. Why, I don't know, but he does. And he loves you a lot and died for you. So the least you can do is live for him. And we know why because he's worth it. And you are too. Can I have an amen? Amen. Give me the announcements, whatever we have to announce this week. Uh, second Saturday prayer, that'll be the second Saturday of October, which will be the, I don't know. That's second Saturday. The seventh is the first. Fourteenth. Thank you. Thank you, person who can do math by multiples of seven. God bless you. Um, in fact, right now, she's over anybody's offering. If you don't know how much to give, just fill the check out for them right now, okay? <laughs> Our next first Sunday will be the 7th, which is uh, October, uh, first Sunday of October. It will be, um, in fact, that says uh, Southern Barbecue. That was from last month. We have an update. What are we doing this month? Chili. <coughs> Chili. And hopefully, um, Mexican cornbread. You know who you are out there in the world watching online. Okay, amen. And, um, <clears throat> and then Harvest Festival. Everybody say Harvest Festival. <clears throat> That'll be Saturday, October 28th. That is a Saturday night before Sunday. If it rains that day, we will do it the 29th. If it rains the 29th, we will do it in 2024. Can I have an amen? Okay. Uh, it'll be from 7 to 9. Fireworks will start about 8.30. We always do fireworks. Everybody say amen. Uh, we'll have corn dogs, s'mores, funnel cakes, games, face painting, hay rides, and fireworks. Uh, that's always a great time. And so you don't want to miss that. It's October 28th. So invite your friends, your neighbors, your neighbor's friends, your friend's dogs, whoever you want to invite. Just bring them. Can I have an amen? Okay. And then lastly is goodbye. Stand up with me. Amen. Oh, Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night, 7.30 online. Go to gracesummitchurch.online or uh, go to gracesummitchurch.org. There's a link and join us online. And uh, I think we're finishing up a three-parter this week. So amen. Amen. Turn and look at somebody and say, I believe this is going to be the best week of your life. So enjoy it. Have fun. And I'll see you next Sunday. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And again, if you're a first, second, third time guest, please meet me at the info table, and I'd love to meet you.